Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Episode number six of Liberally Correct. I'm Eric Mack in Los Angeles. Where are you today, and Brett Madsen? I'm Brett Madsen, still in Philadelphia. Still there. Stan puts the Still down. there. Yeah, how... Uh, Just roll with the punches. <laughs> there we go. Uh, yeah, this a, you, I'm a doctor. You heard some version of that right right, right there. Uh, that's uh, <laughs> The song is called Roll With The Punches. The band is called Dawes. They're my idols. Okay. All right. What are we talking about today? We are talking about TV news. The second part of our huge media chronicles, I'm calling it. I feel like the media was so inextricably linked with the uh, election this time around. It was so pervasive that in order to discuss the election itself, we sort of have to... Br- discuss like every angle of how it was covered, how we talked about it and so forth. So TV news. What's your current hot take, Brett? Oh, I didn't know I had to have a hot take ready. Oh, let's try this one. Cause I heard this from other people. TV news. It doesn't even matter. No one even watches that anymore. Like you get all your news from social media. The, uh, the TV news, they should just shut down now. They're failing. Trump says so right. regularly. But he also says Fox News gets it. So he does uh, say Fox News gets it, and he says he says uh, SNL. He says they're very very unfunny, and that very uh, unfunny. SNL is the worst. NBC's and terrible. CNN CNN is fake news. Yes, 
I did see that the other day. That was uh, that was quite entertaining. This is oh, our first digression. This isn't a long line of Trump projections. Like I've never seen someone so nakedly project like in the classical in, in the, the the way you hear about it in therapy. Like someone will insult him with something and he'll just throw it back, usually without grammar. Like we think fake news propelled you to victory. You're fake news. When when Hillary told him in the debates, uh, uh, Putin thinks that he will be a puppet. He goes, "No puppet. You're the puppet. You're the puppet." Like he couldn't. Like it shorts his brain, and he just says the last word he heard back at you. It's yeah. Hysterical. Well, this this sort of dovetails with the discussion we had in the first episode we did about the media, about what exactly constitutes the media, and one of the things we we talked about was how. Everybody actually means something different when they say the word media. When they're referring to the media, they have their own conception of it. And so when we're sort of talking to each other about, you know, I was, I was telling my dad uh, earlier today, I think if you surveyed Americans, 100% of them would say that the media sucks. But everybody has their own conception of how there are these poisonous news outlets but everyone would consider different ones poisonous. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, that's fair. And uh, um, so what, what Trump is kind of doing is he points to a particular instance and and then he calls, he, he sort of um, inductively sort of calls doubt on the, on the, whole, on the whole enterprise, right? And, the pro- and his base already hates the media, even though they love the conservative media, but they hate the media. And it's like this weird thing that it's quite surreal to take it all in, frankly. Yeah, I'll I'll say this pursuant to the last part of our discussion and from last week. I think when people talk about the media, they usually actually surprisingly often mean TV still. Still, like even though social media is how people do, in fact, get their news, uh, a lot of what's on there is just clips. And even when there's not even a traditional network um, or cable enterprise or whatever, putting the clips out there, even if it's someone in their studio, it still takes the form of people talking into a microphone into a camera. So when people say the media, I think uh, a lot of times they do think of, they, they vaguely think of talking heads like they might see on CNN or, yeah, that, I think that's that's most of it. Um, and then... This is not for this discussion, but they also think of the newspapers behind that. So at least on the right, when they say they hate the media, they mean they don't like this club of people because media members from traditional media institutions, especially on the East Coast, are, in fact, almost always liberal, at least a little bit. Well, they're elitist in the sense that they value these kinds of principles that are inherent to a liberal democracy. Yeah, they're they're all in the free speech. They're really curious about what people are thinking about things. That are, yeah, it, it's just it draws personalities who are also drawn to liberal politics. I think right because I, I think there in, if, if in order to be a journalist, you sort of have to be really curious about the world. And I think people who are sort of really curious about the world tend to be more liberal. I'm totally generalizing there, but. I think it's definitely true that the danger of the of the conservative media I've uh, noticed is that particularly with Fox News, which is really my only uh, exposure to this kind of stuff because I don't listen to 
AM radio, like Rush Limbaugh or whatever. But people just like, it's, they have this like pathological desire to actually just hear the same shit like every single night, right? Like the, they love that Bill O'Reilly comes on at eight o'clock every night on Fox News and gives you some kind of version of how their version of America is under attack. Right. Like that is, that is yeah. the angle of every show. Yes. And it's under I attack hate, from the left. And I hate that. I hate that angle. And I'm sure we'll talk about it more, both in this discussion and in other podcasts. But I will say, I'd be careful about making that generalization. Uh, the idea that people who are less curious about the world outside their experience tend to be more conservative. I do think it's true, but I think everybody likes having their ideas reinforced on a schedule. I mean, it's one of the reasons I love The Daily Show so much for so many years. It was great. I watched it even after people said it was done, even after you know a lot of my cohort was getting older and didn't watch it so much anymore. I was I was still into it, as as long as Stuart was behind the chair. So so I think everybody everybody can relate to that at least that idea. Yes, I'm I'm not saying that liberals don't have some version of that, but there is like the I don't know if everybody who watches you know CBS procedurals are more conservative i mean uh, maybe that's maybe uh, if, they, actually, if they did democratic I mean, demographic research maybe that would be uh yeah, what they, they would do. find they but, do actually i i've uh to, to interrupt this but yeah people who like like uh crime shows and like shows that are very very procedural in nature yeah where they, um, where they know that it, that it follows like the same structure with as the same kind of story each week yeah and they that can expect tends to attract more conservative yes. viewers it's what I have been told. I didn't and conduct this, is, this research and I, myself. And I'm, I'm ripping this off from a Bill Maher new rule, but um, that he did, a, you know, one of those uh, extended editorials he does at the end of every show. A few years ago, he actually pointed out that conservatives always end up buying the same book over and over. And he like actually showed like like cover after cover after cover of like every Ann Coulter book, every Bill O'Reilly book, every Glenn Beck yeah. book. You know, like all of those people have like the same book about it's like America's under attack. It's like there's this the godless left and the church of liberalism or whatever the Ann Coulter book is. And the thing that we're going to get into here to sort of start things off is just how this has turned into a business. I mean, it's like the reason why people write that kind of stuff, why they do that kind of stuff on Fox News and other conservative media outlets is money. I mean, if, if that's what people want and people, they constantly feel angry about Obama or Hillary or whatever, and they just want to be told that their convictions are correct and their reality is, is real, then they can sort of tune in and get what they want. Yeah, I do think it's... Um... I, I, I'm just saying it's more pronounced on the, on the right than it, is, than it is on the left. Yeah, I think it's true in this way, in that uh, because there's no there's no left wing talk radio equivalent. It's like that that's NPR, which gets how many listeners exactly? <laughs> I mean, it's like I mean, come on. Well, and it's like non commercial radio. Well, well, they certainly skew liberal in that they talk about certain policies that the editorial staff of Fox News would hate, often supportive, and that they interview a lot of people from across the spectrum, and that they're like desperately, achingly politically correct. Yeah, <laughs> at all times. Miss Johnson, who prefers to be called Miss this week, comes to us as a transnational, 
pre-racial, post-gender possible alien. And and she prefers to be addressed as what? You know, they're, they're just <laughs> extraordinarily careful with titles, with how people perceive themselves, with their, their identity politics. Um, they, they bend over backwards to support. So in that way, NPR is liberal. But they're, they're also not, like, interested in polemics. And they have uh, plenty of conservative guests on there. And they, yeah, they're not, they're not interested in just, like, screaming. If you ever hear, hear an NPR host screaming, it'll, it'll be the first time. <laughs> they seem like they dose them with horse tranquilizers before they send them on. Huh. Welcome to another hour of NPR. Yeah, it, is, it, is, like, oh it is like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I hadn't thought about that. But yeah, it's almost like a sort of welcome to this mindfulness meditation session. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a lot of what NPR does. And it's funny, they got the new wave in now, like the, uh, the Planet Money folks. They have this new wave of people who are a little, they've got a little more energy. They don't talk uh, so slowly, but they're still very, uh, <laughs> they're still very um, like calm. They, yeah, it, it, it's just not the, it's not the same vibe. It's just not polemical. They're, they don't get yeah. on the air and then yell at you. <laughs> your, your house is on fire. You're like, what? Fuck. No, I didn't know that. I haven't seen my house. Your house is on fucking fire. <laughs> like, oh my God, I got to get out of here. You can't get out. You got to fight for your house. Uh, okay, why is my house on fire? Because Muslims are shit. <laughs> That's basically the tenor of every Fox News broadcast. Well, the way I, I describe the media and, 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 the, and the TV news business in particular, um, we mentioned on the, on the previous episode about how before the, around the start of the 80s, before that, the TV news wasn't expected to make any money. Like it was, it was more a public service. It was only on for like 15 minutes to start out with. And it was it's still it, awesome to think about. <laughs> yeah. And that was, it's just, here's the it news. Just, Don't blink. Yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't thought of as like a, in a, in a business kind of, kind of way. Now it's a business first, uh, entertainment second and information third. That's how I would classify uh, what TV news has become. Do you do you agree with the with, with the uh, with that classification? Yeah, that was difficult. Well, okay. So first of all, a very outside looking in. Yeah, you both watch and read more um, like semi scholarly stuff about <laughs> uh, media and media consumption. I just occasionally see the news. <laughs> But I'd say it's it's a little strange because, yeah, yeah, sure, certainly the boardroom and maybe in the and the viewer too tend to see these news conglomerates as as that. Uh, wait, wait, what's your? It's uh, business first, business first, uh, entertainment, enter, second. entertainment second, information third. Well, it's really, I mean, since as soon as, as soon as you're running it as a business, you just think of it as entertainment first, information second, which is which is really how, how I think I think everyone's looking at it. How, how we consume it. We want to be entertained and then we hope we get a little information too. But it's strange because one, we actually depend on it. We, we, we are horrified by the scourge of fake news, but there's not really like an, an agency to stop the, the, to stop anyone from saying whatever the fuck they want on, on CNN. Certainly there are business considerations. There's competition from other news organizations, but there's, there's this weird um, strain within these organizations to still try to be accurate, to still adhere to these journalistic principles. But it's not like 
it's funny we talked to uh, i said that I, I think of uh journalism as like the scientific method it's a set of rules that you have to follow every time but there's you don't you don't have to uh get like a phd in biology you know to to be on the news it's, it's not the same kind of process it's a very loose confederation of rules well, and yeah, ideals. It, it's it's not like you have to have a a license like like sure. if you're like if you're a doctor or an MBA, you have to be board certified or something, or if you're a lawyer, you have to pass the bar in order to practice yeah. law. Um, so I guess I, I agree with I agree with your uh, your model of how the news is. Uh, I think the people who own the organizations think of it that way, and I think we the viewers think of it that way. But within the organizations themselves, there's still a pull at some level somewhere to be kind of idealistic journalists. And there's an expectation for people outside, even if we're just watching them to be entertained, we still are horrified if we feel that they're being unprofessional or they're not reporting the news well. So it's a very, so it's very strange. Yeah. Um, and the, the thing is, I, I was reading a book about, about the movie business several years ago, and it, it was a, it was like interviews with screenwriters. And one thing that has always stood out is uh, one of them said with any other job on the movie, you know, whether it's the cinematographer or the editor or, you know, literally any other job on set or within the scope of the entire movie, nobody else goes over to somebody else and basically tells them how to do their job or tells them they're doing it wrong or, or something like that. Unless you're the director, of course, and somebody's actually doing their job wrong. But with the screenwriter, if you're, if you're in charge of, of actually writing the screenplay, what he was saying is that it's interesting that like everybody who works on the movie has an opinion on what the what the script should be, and that and that is the only job uh, or it's the only position in the entire within the entire scope of the of of a movie that is like that. And I, I I've sort of thought about that over and over as you know through the course of this election as journalism has sort of been called into question several times, you know, and people saying oh, there's this fake news, people not covering Trump the right way, people um, now there's there was this thing last week with BuzzFeed uh, basically shoveling out the documents that uh, weren't verified. Ugh, and that was that was horrible. I couldn't believe they did that. Yeah. I mean, um, it's BuzzFeed, so I could kind of believe they did that, but it's still... You're under attack. All journalistic organizations are under attack. Uh, people are denying the existence of uh, truth of any kind. And I don't mean like broad metaphysical truth. I mean like at 1045, a man crossed the street today. People are like, fuck you. That's your opinion. You know? yeah. <laughs> people just don't believe any basic perfunctory procedural fact. And so you have to be more careful than ever. And BuzzFeed's like, nah, fuck it. Let's be the kind of institution that Trump accuses us all of being all the time anyway. Oh, that's such a but, mistake. But my, uh, my, my point was, one thing I've noticed is that everybody's, everybody, people like you and me who are not journalists, people who, like literally everybody, seem, has had an opinion on how journalists should do their job. Which yeah. I, I've sort of I'm like, wow, that's kind of like um, it, it just I don't know if it comes from the territory of like being a writer um, or and and the other thing that um, goes along with that is the thing. One thing that I've noticed is um, most of the people on CNN or or who are on TV news in general 
did not study journalism in college. Like they didn't major in that because I like over the course of the election, I would just like look people up on Wikipedia and I'd like look at where they went to school and what they studied. And I would say these pauses are making it great. By the way, I would look people up on Wikipedia (laughs) and then, (laughs) but I I would say probably 70, 80% of people who have, you know, these like TV anchor jobs or people who are like correspondents or, you know, these broadcast journalism jobs where their job is actually journalist. I I find it interesting that they actually didn't receive this sort of academic training to be a journalist. They just sort of, you know, basically learned it by, by doing it and working in it. I mean, I I find that interesting that um, there's that parallel as well. Yeah. Well, what's, I'm sure that's true for like the talent in front of the camera talent, but uh, I bet that's not as true for like their editorial boards, their oversight committees, like the people who actually type. I bet went to journalism school. Yeah, in 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 greater proportion than. But that is interesting. I didn't know that. I would have thought. Um, yeah, I thought most of the talking heads uh, did, uh, went to like you know Columbia. Yeah. So. Yeah, you'll see like a lot of uh, political science or, you know, like somebody like Brian Williams, like didn't graduate from from college to see somebody like uh, I think Alex Wagner just studied art history. I think Hallie Jackson on with NBC News, political science, maybe art history is our winner so far. Yes, it's I mean, it's I would say it's almost uncommon to see any of these people that I've I regularly see on TV and then, and then look up, I would, I would say it's, it's pretty uncommon to see that they actually majored in journalism in college. Huh? That's interesting. And you know, it's like, it's not like, you know, if I were 15 or something, I, you know, I'm sure back then I just assumed like, Oh, all those people that you see on TV. Well, the only reason they got there is they went to a school where they studied broadcast journalism and then got a job doing that coming out of, college yeah. you know when it's, well, I mean, it's they basically not like have that to, here's here's where entertainment comes into it again there one of the reasons is that you're going to find people from uh, different backgrounds in front of the camera is that their cutoff is not just how well you can do this job but how good you look in front of the camera right like it you don't you don't necessarily have to be a supermodel but you gotta look pretty good and it doesn't hurt if you look really good when they throw you up there yeah what, like some of the best journalism I see is that as the show Real Sports with uh, Bryant Gumble on HBO, huh. and um, they did a story maybe like six months ago about those female sideline announcers, and I guess oh, one, yeah. one uh, brought a lawsuit against her employer. I forget who it was um, because they they replaced her basically with somebody hot and younger. You know, during yeah. doing those football games or whatever, um, basically just because she was like getting too old in the eyes of the management, <laughs> and yeah. there was this outcry like, "What does that have to do with how well I can do my job?" I don't know. For that job description, part of the job description is looking great. So looking great for the predominantly male audience of this arguably barbaric ritual. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Yeah, and you know it's it, one a great movie is um, 
the James L. Brooks movie Broadcast News. And like that's a, a pretty good example of, you know, kind of how ridiculous the world is. That, you know, William Hurt is this uh, handsome guy who's really not smart, but he's he, he fits the job description and is actually pretty good at being an anchor. Whereas there's uh, there's um, what's his face? Uh, Albert Brooks. Albert Brooks it is. Yeah. Who uh, Marlin from Little Nemo. Yeah. Finding Nemo, whatever. I'm thinking Little Nemo in Slumberland, Finding Nemo, whatever. Yeah, but I I know where you're going with this one. Yeah, he's he's the he's he's a dork. He's the everyman he's, dork who's smarter. He's like he's way smarter, but he's not good at that job, and he hates yeah, and he hates William Hurt for it. But yeah, yeah, it's it's I mean it's like that's the job, and with so in in the case of these in this uh, like the TV news, there's way more that goes on other than um, simply standing in front of the camera and talking. Like, obviously, if you're the White House correspondent, you have to be at the White House all day gathering information. And then you're on, like, the nightly news broadcast talking for, like, maybe a minute and a half. And, you know, the new new gig is going to be. Yeah, the the new gig for White House correspondent is going to be you have to follow the president without getting shot by the Secret Service. Yeah. Now that now the president will no longer have a press pool. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, like that—that's all that that people see, and so I, I I understand the sort of outrage from the people who actually have those jobs that they're like, "What is how? Like, why does looking good have anything to do with you know whether I'm qualified for this job or not?" When it's like there's all this sort of stuff. If it's like an a, an iceberg analogy, you know, most of the job is you know not seen by people watching TV. But to, uh, to people watching, it's kind of like, oh, well, they're just on TV for brief moments at a time, looking good and yeah. reading, reading off from a screen. Yeah. And yeah, you have to you have to be able to do um, this often complex work. Not all of it's complex. There are plenty of blowhards on cable news, especially especially since the proliferation of the opinion show, which is not solely Fox's uh, sin, but they they certainly were very enthusiastic about it. Yeah, I mean, some of those people are just morons, but uh, yeah, it's it's a hard job, and then you have to look good. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough gig. But um, let's see here. Uh, I guess the what this ties to is the idea that uh, there's there's so much entertainment wrapped up in this. Um, even if you're really really good at the job and an excellent journalist and have high ideals and are trained in an interesting discipline, uh, you still have to look good. Yet we still depend on these people. So the perception is, oh, they got their job because they look good. They're on TV. But then we also get very angry if they don't do the job right, like you said earlier. Yeah, um, it's absolutely. Uh, I don't know. So uh, it's it's kind of tough. So we're we're talking about how things went wrong because our president is uh, an authoritarian president uh, elect for two more days. Oh God, our president elect is a avowed authoritarian. I guess he's not yet because he hasn't had a chance to flex his muscle. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Just wait. Um, but an avowed authoritarian reality TV star is is the president. And many people say, uh, including me at certain points, that this is the fault of the TV news, even though the other half of the time we say, oh, that's just a bunch of people who look good. Yeah. Uh, so what I don't know. You watch a lot more uh, I do. TV news. Than I, than I do. do. Um, 
And some background. What do you think the TV news should be doing? Well, I, I can I can answer that. There needs to be more emphasis on perspective, and uh, they need to sort of end this constant speculation. When, when you're in a 24/7 news cycle, it's constant speculation in order to fill air because there's just not enough going on. Usually, what incentive is there for them to do that? For them to take and to also talk like well, uh, what do you? Well, because in order to actually, so perspective is sort of, uh, you you have to actually take a lot of, you know, if you're actually having to fill the air for 24 hours in a day, then you you can't be doing perspective for all 24 hours of of that day. Just one, because uh, there has to be some kind of current thing. And two, because there's not enough time to actually come up with all of that programming. That's uh, sort of trying to put everything into context. But that being said, lately CNN has been they've, they've been doing a lot more of these documentaries and those are interesting and I like that they're doing those now trying to put uh, kind of a lot of things about the election into uh, kind of perspective. But the, pro- the problem is the election's over. So in terms of what they should have done before the election, which is I'm assuming a more pertinent question here. They did some documentaries, but they were sort of the more soft kind of baiting character pieces. Like I remember they did one on Hillary and one on Trump. Like each one was like two hours. And the shows that CNN has on Sunday that I that I really like, one is, uh, I, I mention both of these all the time, but one is uh, Free Zakaria GPS which puts things and everything into like a global perspective. And then the one that comes on right after that is uh, reliable sources, which puts all of kind of journalism and journalistic practices into perspective and including all, what CNN does. And I, I kind of want more shows like that. I don't know if everybody's interested in watching those though. I don't, yeah, that's I, what like, I'm saying. Like, but like I don't the, know if anybody's interested in watching a lot of what's, of of how they're doing it now because because always having it sort of always having this emphasis on the now is boring too <laughs> and yeah. they they try too hard to like make it interesting so it's all it's always sensationalized they do this thing that I cannot stand that's totally intellectually bankrupt where they do the one person from each side side by side and have them duke it out in this totally stupid argument and where it's, it's all just for show. Basically it's like this battle. It's like um, Stephen A. Smith debating Skip Bayless on ESPN. Um, I don't do that anymore. Skip has moved. Oh, has he? Okay. Yeah. Now, now he yells at Shannon Sharp on Fox. Okay. And I assume they found a replacement for him for Stephen A. Smith. Uh no they've got no, they still got to skip Bayless left Stephen A Smith still on ESPN no no what point um, taken they, they, they oh for Bayless found, yeah, yeah they're doing like Stephen A Smith and Kellerman or something they're they're re, oh, they're relaunch oh, okay. yeah they're relaunching first take they have somebody else wow. in there to like it's been, be stupid it's been a while since I thought of Max, Max Kellerman yeah. anyway he doesn't age by the way like I see him in promos I'm like it's 2003 still the dude's yeah. still the same. The uh, so what was I saying? God, you'd, you'd, oh, oh, so the the sort of the sort of duking it out, um, which I which I cannot stand because on journalistic 
journalism should be, you know, you're, you're trying to arrive at the truth, right? That's what you're trying to do. And so by staging these artificial battles between panelists, it's very much like around the horn, actually, um, just without the mute buttons. That's what yeah, Max Kellerman used to do for people who don't well, get that reference. But um, well, here's the thing that people like that, right? Like those those shows on ESPN on Fox Sports now, um, they, they get their best ratings. Like two two guys yell at each other. The Thirty Rock version was called uh, Sports Shouting. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Which was excellent, and Tracy Jordan came on and just yelled, "Yeah, nah, 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 nah," the whole time. I love Thirty Rock. Anyway, those shows, those shows do well. Yeah, but but here's here's the thing that uh, like okay, they they can keep doing that. I understand why they have to do those. But here's the thing: there's an anchor always. There's an anchor there who's who's always just sitting on on his or her hands, and they're letting them sort of they're sort of you know letting them go back and forth. But I, I think the, the anchor has to kind of take control and then before they go to commercial break, have to actually they have to actually like sort of crown a champion, right? Um, I almost yeah. figure like because otherwise it's it's just it's like this completely hollow debate where they just recite talking points and and then that's it. Then they go to commercial and it's like, okay, this is t- a total waste of time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean And it's it's the- it's just retarded. I, I, I like I, 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 I cannot stand it. It drives me up the wall. It does. Yeah, uh, this is this is the funny thing about this. Uh, it drives you up the wall because you think the entire construct is stupid. It probably drives the anchor up the wall because they have to sit there and listen to the same people shout at each other for like a year. Yeah. Um, but it also makes the people who watch it very angry. Yeah. But that, that's the, and this is on a philosophical level, I guess. I don't understand so many of my fellow countrymen and humans, I suppose. I don't know why you want to like watch something that makes you upset all the time. Like not for an artistic purpose and not for, you know, personal information like, oh, you gotta watch this harrowing documentary about a genocide in in a country. <laughs> like, you know, uh-huh. well, I have to do it because I need to learn about the world around me. You know, it's it's not like a sense of duty or something. It's like for for more entertainment than information, people go on and they start screaming too. I mean, I've seen this with like my dad when he watches Fox News. Like he's yelling right along with O'Reilly. He's yelling over O'Reilly at whoever O'Reilly's yelling at. It's the weirdest thing. I'm like, it's, it looks like it makes you feel bad. I don't get it. Like I, it's even with the sports shows. Like I don't know why people want to. Yeah, I don't want people want to be enraged all the time. Like they they seek it out. It feels like. Yes, this is this is the criticism that I don't hear anybody talking about, but which I've mentioned to you before. When this election happened at the start, CNN has has always I I think been pretty balanced in terms of the roster of you know political pundits that they have. They have some Democrats, they have some Republicans, and then that you know that's they have this bullpen of people they trot out onto the sets. Who, who have these sort of uh, boxing matches. And when it became clear that Trump was here to stay, what CNN realized is that none of the conservative pundits that they had were for Trump. All of them were not for Trump. 
and, and yeah, because they were and, and, and conservatives, not, not Nazis. Yeah, and, and and but but they would not um, support Trump under like any circumstances. So what CNN had to do is they had to go out and find these pundits from like anonymity, like this this guy Jeffrey Lord, who I cannot stand. I I, I want to shoot that guy. Who is like so some, you're watching it and it makes you enraged. It does. Wasn't Jeffrey Lord the guy who had he had the famous clip where uh, the now famous clip where the CNN anchor asked him, uh, uh, he said, "You guys are down." So this is back when that was true. Yes, you guys are down. And he's like, "Says who?" She's like, uh, "No, Pope. no, no. That that that's that's a different guy. I forget that guy's okay. name. But that was some, that was like one of Trump's lawyers or something. I think. Um, no, Je- that Je- was Je- Jeffrey Lord was like some Reagan staffer from like or advisor or something from the late 80s and hasn't been heard from since, I think, until this election. So he was there, and then there was this blonde bimbo. Her, her name was Kaylee McEnany. They're both still there. But they're they're explicitly hired. And then later, like, after, after Corey Lewandowski, uh, Trump's first campaign manager, was fired, CNN sw- swooped in and uh, basically and hired him as a pundit. Man, that's something that I miss having Corey Corey Lewandowski in charge of that operation. Yeah, like maybe maybe they lose without Conway. Like Conway basically oh. put him in. I think. I I absolutely hate Kelly and Conway now. But remember when you, when you came to visit me, and Kelly and Conway had just had just taken over, and and we were just in awe of her, of how she was controlling Trump and getting things on track for him and we we thought it we thought it was kind of cute because yeah. you know like trump was gonna lose and we were like oh wow that she's actually doing wow she's got some shops she's doing a good job yeah she was so much better than his previous managers and, but she she had the key and ingredient too which was just like total shamelessness yes like she didn't she like, didn't care about what just, happened just like if trump won yeah just, yeah just like trump she didn't care about what happened well but yeah but she had game she she did have game it was, it was like, like a low game <laughs> but it was it was game yeah, yeah, and as soon as that happened, that I should have been more concerned. And this, so to me, this was the greatest sin of for 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 CNN over the course of this election. More than more than anything else, I'm sure we'll get into a few other things. But for me, it was this idea that they have to have this setup where they need a slot. Of they need a conservative slot versus a liberal slot, and they have to have this battle where they duke it out in this intellectually bankrupt exercise of just fighting each other while the anchor just stands there, and they don't actually try to arrive at any sort of journalistic truth. Because this goes back to um, the idea of liberal correctness, right? This this is like CNN sort of they're sort of too uh, afraid that they're like. Oh well, we want the audience to sort of like draw their own conclusions or whatever. Well, it's like it's not good enough. Yeah, we need to, to represent. It's, it's not. It's not good enough to just have people recite talking points. You have to actually have the the actual journalist, the anchor, moderate this, and then and then arrive at some sort of conclusion, and then you go to commercial break. But <laughs> this idea that the ends is just. You know that that politeness. That, the, no, no, no. The the fight is the end in itself. Is the end in itself, right? But the, I mean, but there is a weird politeness in that, right? There's this yeah. idea. Well, we have to have both sides represented in this fight about nothing, which is the point of this broadcast. So the point of this broadcast is that people are meant to scream at each other. Yet we need to have equal screamers on both sides. 
Yeah. It's a very, very strange construct. Yeah, that's it's, it's liberally correct. Yeah, and regardless of what Trump said or or did, these these not the last time we're going to hear that phrase. Yeah, but these CNN pundits, they were they were hired to appear on camera supporting Trump. That was their job. Like their yep. job description was no matter what to stand is to sit there and and just say I'm for Trump, I'm for Trump. And they find some way to justify what Trump was saying so that they could represent a segment of the audience. Right. Because they want to have it, it's almost like when when uh, in in uh, sports gambling, when they they do like a line for the game they, the, that the casino actually wants an equal number of bets on both sides of the game. Then it's even. And then regardless of who wins, then they just take the their own cut of, you know, so that's basically what what this is. And I, it, it drives me insane. And it, it drives me nuts, uh, less for reasons of hoping that TV news can be good or that it drives me nuts because I think it helped him uh, win. Um, it's as simple as that for me. It's, it's less idealistic, more pragmatic, which is somewhat rare for me. But yeah, the, this constantly having someone screaming something about Trump uh, and ignoring blatantly and proudly ignoring all reality or consensus there up. <laughs> I think it helped him win. Yeah. It, it reinforced this idea that, be- and especially because there was, there was all this baggage with, with Hillary that each of their baggages, I don't know if that's grammatically correct. Each of their baggages is equal somehow. Because they there's, were because there's always equal two, tonnage, two side, yeah. Yes, because there's always this uh, sort of you know one person on one side of your screen and another person on the other side of the screen screaming at each other about right. various things. Yeah, and it, it it works neatly with this idea. I don't know how the idea was sown in this country, but it works neatly with the idea that there's there's no exact truth to anything. It's oh, that's just how they want to spin it. Like people's awareness of the concept of spin, of the concept of lying, or the concept of putting something in the best positive light, if you want to be gentle, people's awareness of that idea is tantamount to be there being nothing else in the universe. Is like tantamount to that being truth. But the, the, those two got equated. Like, oh, that's just left spin, right spin, and all right. Well, but then they're spinning a set of facts, right? No, it's just it's just that's the thing, and then there's this other thing, and they're both equal. Like it got it got completely untethered from, and it, not only from reality, but from any attempt on the part of the viewer, the network, the people on camera, to determine reality at all, determine if there is such a thing. It's it's very it's very very jarring. It's very frightening. It's very frightening because uh, even though no one's like sitting down beside you, no one's sitting down and watching these shows on cable news. We all see them. When one of the clips goes, the, the clips spread uh, frequently through our social yeah. media feeds. Yeah. So I, mean, s- I, I was mainly watching just because I, I, I wasn't so, you know, I thought the content was like mostly kind of junk, but I, I was sort of more fascinated by how it was being put together and presented. I, I was, I was very sort of fascinated by that for the entire election. I'm like, really? You're tr- you're deciding to cover it this way? 
Like why? What? Like what's with the live cut into every single Trump rally? And the and, thing is, and there's where the business comes in. Yeah, and it's because because Trump was great for ratings, and yep. the the thing I, I was thinking about the sort of ironic thing is everybody's you know everybody on the right is saying, oh, the media wanted Hillary to win, blah blah blah, and. I'm I'm sort of thinking like uh, are you kidding me? I mean I'm still kind of tuning into cable news to follow Trump stuff, and I would not be doing that if Hillary had won. Like Hillary is so boring. Like she her presidency would have just been really boring. <laughs> Whereas yeah. now we're now now Trump is is going to be like amazing ratings for all the news channels. So yeah, I don't know I think- if I buy that argument. I think you see that contrast. Well, so I have two thoughts here. One, you see that contrast that I talked about earlier, that at least I perceive here, I think, exemplified. You saw a lot of the anchors and a lot of the personalities on air were, like, as, as the election, as it got down to the wire, like, increasingly desperate to keep this dude out of office. Like, yeah, so they, a lot were, of the they were reporters, pretty exasperated, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But obviously their bosses wanted him in office and wanted him on the news all the time. So there was a split between what the demands of the business expected, what the consumer looking for entertainment wanted, and what the people interested in information <laughs> dissemination wanted, right? And so it was weird because you saw both the people actually working the news desks, the people working these shows at these, at these uh, TV networks, and their bosses, their corporate suits, they both wanted us to watch them. And Trump was the best way to do that. So the people at the very top wanted Trump in, but the people kind of in the middle who still needed Trump to have us watch them didn't want Trump to be in office. It was a weird dynamic. It was a very strange dynamic. So I understand what people are saying when they say they, the media didn't want him in, meaning like individual reporters or personalities didn't. That was plain. That was apparent by the end. But yeah, the suits definitely wanted him to win, I think. <laughs> Um, it, and, oh, sorry, so the second idea, so that was one idea. The, the second idea was it was crazy. Every time Clinton looked like she was pulling away, they'd go digging. Like they, uh, CNN was particularly guilty of this, I think. Like they were trying to bring the polls back closer. Yes. Because there were points that one of, the, one of the most overrated, ridiculous, fucking stupid talking points of this whole thing is, oh, the polls are broken. National polls in a presidential election have a pretty wide margin of error. They were not that far off. National polls were actually pretty close yeah. this election. It's just we have a weird electoral college system, and the map was not good for Hillary, and she gambled badly in a few states and lost a fuck ton of electoral votes by, like, one crowd at an Alabama football game. That's it. So yeah. this whole thing about, oh, the polls were wrong, 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 that's fucking stupid. Anyway, so the polls clearly showed points where Hillary Clinton was just destroying Trump. There were points where it looked like this could be the biggest landslide in presidential history. And when that happened, almost on cue, the news, I, I think CNN especially, would the TV news would try to find something else about her and throw it up. They wanted it closer so you would watch. Yes, I absolutely agree. Yeah, and a, a lot of it was I, I I think the whoever dropped the, the Access Hollywood tape dropped it too soon where it was it was a, like a month out from election day 
And I think by the time election day rolled around, it was sort of, uh, you know, it had sort of faded. Yeah. And yeah. Which, how is that I, possible? I, like, I don't know. Because, because Bill Clinton, like, nobody, was, is, nobody is talking about the fact that nine or 10 different women said that they were sexually assaulted by, by Trump. Yeah. Bill Clinton, the election. Bill Clinton was accused of <laughs> correctly accused of consensual sex with a woman and he was fucking impeached. Yeah. We have this dude who's not convicted, but it's it's pretty clear that he has sexually assaulted women. And we're like, oh, but it's cool. <laughs> like, it, it, it's got to stay fresh yeah, in your mind or been, we'll forget about been, it. Like, what the like, fuck I, is wrong I with us? I can't believe, like, that's been forgotten. Completely yeah. dropped yeah, like, off the face of the earth. The fact you guys that remember were... that he's like three quarters of the way to Bill Cosby, right? You guys remember this? No? No one cares? Okay. Fuck everyone. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, that was like one of the greatest nights of my life, though, That when that tape dropped. I remember I remember texting you. Saying, you like, thought it was going to be one of the greatest nights of your life. <laughs> no, I mean, it actually was. Because I just sat as far there as the feeling and, goes. and watched. Uh, yeah, as far as feeling, I was like, wow, this... This feels pretty great right now. Um, really entertaining. You think that one of the worst people in all of time was, is finally going to get CNN his? I was watching CNN for like hours that night saying like, oh my God. I was like savoring on it. It was really unhealthy actually to... Uh, Schadenfreude is a bitch. Ugh. Man. Yeah. Yeah. We, we gloss over these things with Trump that are amazing. Like his, yeah, like his, his I, statements I, like, on policy. I keep, I keep, I keep stunning, going back to this, to this nine. As a person, nine, he's one of the worst. Women. He's nine. one of the lesser people who has ever lived. Yeah, this, there's a sexual assault. There's the stiffing people constantly. Like never, never paying anybody. Yeah. Um, the constant stiffing people. The constant hoping for people's personal misfortunes so that he can profit. Uh, the scheming, the stealing from people in the case of the scamming and lying. Uh, there's also the fact that he's done... He's just done insane shit before he ran. Like he he tried to keep family members out of his dad's will. He at one point was involved in a feud with a close family member where he cut off aid to that family member's sick child. <laughs> this is a real thing. And then, wow. and we're like, yeah, no, no, it's cool. We're like, this guy this guy should be president. I mean, I'm not saying he's as bad as say you know Mao, or Stalin, or Pol Pot. I'm saying he's very, very close behind on the contents of his soul. And we thought, yeah, this guy should be in charge. But the fact yeah. that he's incompetent, I don't know which is worse, that he's incompetent or, or that he's evil. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I'm really glad we're doing this podcast because, I mean, there, there's all this material. And we haven't, he hasn't even taken office yet. I mean, like the stuff that's going to happen <laughs> once he actually is in there is going to be absolutely amazing to talk about. Well, yeah, but I mean, now we're falling into the trap that the news organizations talk about. Like, I, I want to get excited. Oh, yeah, it'll be fun. It, it'll affect us. It'll, like, there's, yeah. there's a really good chance that our ability, um, okay, I, I don't think, like, there, I don't think it's going to happen, but there's a much higher chance than there should be that this podcast becomes, like, illegal. Like, this sort of podcast becomes illegal. I think, I mean, that's that's yeah. very low down the totem pole. I think there are, I hope there's enough else in america that you know he's not afforded the power to just shut it down but 
Yeah, I mean, if it were up to him, and if it were up to a lot of the members of the party that he's sort of hostily taken over, then this type of free speech would be shut down. It's it's really, really scary. So yeah, he'll do some crazy stuff, and some of it will be funny in a vacuum, but it's going to hurt people. It's, it's really going to hurt people. Um, well, I the, the way we fight back against this kind of stuff is the citizenry has to value our institutions and yeah and we, one of, we one of our not only do we not value them but we hate them right now we hate the yeah. concept of having them it's and well, one of our one of our institutions is you know the media the press the free press and yeah it's it's literally the only industry referred to in the constitution itself i saw that huh. on, i saw that on reliable sources this past week <laughs> That, um, but no, that's, that's interesting. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that. I am no constitutional scholar, but I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Where yeah. They, they, I mean, you know, they actually wrote in the Constitution, you know, there's the press has to, there has to be a free press. And yeah. Uh, yeah. And what's frightening about that is that we've got a guy in office who's on. Uh, well, he will be in the two days. Who's in violation of the Constitution just by taking office? I mean, that that one yeah. seems open and shut to me. That that one's amazing. That no one's making bigger stink about that either. That it's 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 pretty clear. You can't you can't own a massive business and operate it. <laughs> not not just own it, but you know, operate it and be uh, and be president. That's that's very very clear. And that's exactly what the fuck is happening in two days. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, that's that's just crazy. Yeah, absolutely crazy. Well, we can all look forward to uh, President Mike Pence. You know what? You years. know what I saw. I, I was um, talking to my mom on the phone earlier today, and uh, Pence was on. I, I had CNN on in the background as I often do, and Pence was being interviewed by somebody, probably Dana Bash, I think, and. He said this uh, this thing that was just absolutely priceless, pricelessly Republican. He says, uh, "Yeah, when uh, when Trump lowers his hand on the Bible on Friday, the rest of the world will will like hear the the sound of the of the of America reborn or something like that." Uh, it was it was oh ab- holy it was fuck. absolutely priceless. Where. Wow. This makes me angry. And so, like, when the black dude put his hand on the Bible, that wasn't the sound of America. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Just, uh. So, let's take a, a, a lightning round on the major the major media networks and left or right. Sort of the, where they fall on the political spectrum. Okay. Because I, I have this debate with, with people all the time. And like I talk to people who watch Fox News and they tell me with such conviction that they feel like it is in the in the center. I'm like, I, like, you have just got to be kidding me. That you well, think- I, you know, I can see that because that's a, a, I can see two things. One, the center is understood to be a good thing. So they're not really telling you that they think it's in the true ideological center. They're telling you, I refuse to admit that this network is bad. That that's 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 what they're saying. They're like, no, it's a good network. You're saying, where does it fall? They say it's a good network. You say, no, no, where does it fall in the spectrum? And they say it's a good network. Like you're talking past each other. 
And then within their bubble, it probably is kind of central <laughs> or closer to because, you know, Maybe. in that in that bubble, there's white nationalism. So that's true. But to me, that's that's far right. And Fox News is right. Right. But, I, you know, they your views are which are, I think, traditionally pretty centrist are like un, unfathomably liberal to to them. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't even think they would know what to do with, you know, some truly actually like like if they met an actual communist, I don't think they're <laughs> I don't think the the people who watch Fox News, the people who are on Fox News would know what to do if they actually met like a true socialist, someone who is truly far left. Bernie Sanders, he doesn't go on Fox uh, News. Uh but it, but even he even he is not the uh he he's not he's not the end of that spectrum. That's anyway, true. um all right, well let's do this let's do this round. CNN CNN is again their their staff their on air staff is definitely leans left I think their anchors I think all lean pretty clearly left but their actual setup and what they present is uh I'd say slightly right leaning slightly why do you say that why do you say right leaning because for one they're very very determined to put to do these shouty matches where each side has a say. Yeah. So they're they're very yeah. very determined. So you're saying the, the the overcompensation puts them slightly right? No, I also think they're going back to our idea that uh, people who like procedurals tend to drift right. They present it sort of like uh, procedural. They 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 run their show in a way that I think appeals to conservative viewers. They run their network in a way, and like the the formatting of it, okay. the approach to it. That, so so I I I feel like it. Yeah, kind of leans slightly right. Uh, even though the perspective of many of their employees is clearly left, it's CNN's weird that way. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine that Anderson Cooper votes Republican. No, but, no, of course but not. But you'll, ne- but the thing that I like about CNN is that you'll never hear Anderson Cooper explicitly say, not not even explicitly, but I mean, you'll never hear him say what where he's leaning. One way or the other, yeah. The, these, maybe the exception was when he really went after Trump during the uh, debate he hosted about the sexual assault. I thought he was like really. I don't know if he was like just trying to prove himself as a journalist, and you know that's kind of like a. Ooh, I'd better like um, if I if I don't go there and go after him hard, then uh, you know I, I, who knows what the what the fuck could happen. Hey, look, a rapist is president. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's I don't know what his thinking was there, but but it, like, but like all of the CNN anchors, like they understand that, like, sort of, they're not supposed to do that. They're they they at least adhere to the traditional sort of journalism uh, yeah, values yeah, that that you're not supposed to say who you're voting for, or you're not supposed to. Give an indication of which way you lean politically. Okay, so here let me let me or, rephrase or, my answer or, or editorialize in, the, in, in that sense. In the old political spectrum, where you know George H. W. Bush was a Republican president, all right. Right. In the in the previous political spectrum, before um, populist mania overtook really both parties, but especially the Republican Party, then in that I would say slightly right for CNN. In this new era where suddenly uh, Nazis are on the chessboard. <laughs> then, I, then I'd say, because they actually 
uh, in the ways that you just described because CNN actually um, adheres to traditional journalistic standards, at least among their uh, angers. In that way, in the way they're pro-institution, they, uh, they lean slightly left. So depends on your perspective, I think. Okay. I mean, uh, but to me, I, I'm okay with, with saying that CNN is like most, for the most part, center, effectively center. Fine, fine. Uh, this is this is stop being a right lightning round. So let's just say okay. CNN. Yeah, that center. is true. Yes. Let's do next one. Uh, next one. Okay, so MSNBC. Now, um, now, now MSN, MSNBC has actually forever. kind of changed a little bit over the past couple of years. Um, okay. Ever since, when ever I since, when I did see them, they were they were left. They were definitely they were they weren't like super far left. They weren't so crazy left uh, as you might have been led to believe, but. They they swung. They were pretty left. For oh a yeah, while. they were way left um, in terms of because they had uh, Keith Olbermann and uh, Rachel Maddow and the, that that guy Ed Ed Schultz. Yeah. And oh Hayes. yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh yeah, they were. Oh wow, they were really yeah. left. Okay, they were really left. Yeah. I forgot um, about Schultz. Yeah, because he he was kind of crazy. Yeah. And um, he he would do that yelling thing where. He he do the same kind of thing where uh, you know your house is on fire right now. Yeah, and they also Granted, used, he would they, have said they also used to have Alex Wagner, right. who's, who's the love of my uh, of, of my fantasy life. But there's got to be a better way to say that, buddy. But yes, yes, I understand. Yes, why they basically they, they took away her show when Brian Williams was released out of the doghouse after his like six month suspension, and then was oh no, the, they bumped the, her for Brian Williams. Well, here's here's like the bullshit way they did it. Like they, um, I, I, I guess they, I guess they decided they wanted to hold on to Brian Williams because he, I guess, had fans or he, he had some. He was maybe able to get ratings on MSNBC or something, and so at, at first they were sort of only bringing him. In. They had him like in this bullpen, and they only brought him in like during breaking news events, where then he would just anchor for maybe hours on end, like, like during the, uh, the Paris attacks at the nightclub where he just for out for hours was just the anchor on MSNBC. So I, I thought that was, uh, that was interesting. And now, now Brian Williams has his own show, which I actually like a lot on it. 11 o'clock. I basically, I, I watched, I watched two shows. I watched one, uh, I watched the, Brian Williams show, um, which is only half an hour, and that's the only political news I watch. And then I watch the Pardon the Interruption, which is the only sports news I watch. And both both are just kind of recaps of what happened that day in, you know, in news, yeah. politics, and sports, respectively. And 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 that's the that's the perspective thing I'm talking about. Where I just I like the sort of I like I don't need the 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 now. I like I don't need the the real time uh, thing except when something's actually happening. Otherwise, I just want like the 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 compressed analysis and you know in a nice package. All right. So so much for uh, lightning round. Yes. Moving on from networks. But yeah, MSNBC used to be really left. Now I think is only is still left. It, it, like there's this thing about MS, MSNBC that I just I just I find kind of I, I'm just I'm just not into their I, I can see why you know Rust Belt America or sort of the rural like Trump voters would would look at that and just sort of go like oh yuck like I just ugh. 
you know, like these sort of Washington insiders and elites in the political media establishment, just it, it's very, it seems very incestuous and just kind of ugh, like somehow CNN doesn't come across that way. So yeah, those are obviously the big, the big three. And then what about the major networks? What do you think? I'd, I'd say no those idea. are those are all like the same to me, and I don't really watch them as, as far as their news goes. Yeah, I'm, I really don't. I don't watch the major networks at all. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like not e- not even uh, TV programming, like or you know, primetime television show. Yeah. No series programming. But yeah, and then uh, Fox News is is right. I would used to say I, I used to say it was the furthest right. Again, now that there are Nazis, it's not the furthest right. There were always Nazis. We just didn't used to enjoy their presence at our political gatherings. I've I've said for a while that Fox News is the worst thing to happen to the to the Republican Party, simply because it gave them this sort of false feeling of invincibility, where it was like you that like people could go on Fox News and like there was no. There, there weren't any consequences like it like it's just, it's like it's too easy to sort of be in that uh kind of bubble yeah. and they had, and they had to face that for a while except that they actually won this time barely but it, but they still managed to pull it off but i think it's in the long term it, it is actually going to be bad for the republican party because now there's there's trump that like like without fox news there wouldn't have been trump no no and, Which is funny because again, and Trump has been has wrecked, has wrecked like what the Republican Party used to be and what I would argue should be. Like I, I yeah. think there should be a strong conservative party in this country, and I don't. Well, think, I, I don't think that's the Republican Party right now. Sorry. No, I. So I, I enjoy having. Uh, I, I, I have not questioned the concept of the need to. Uh, raise the minimum wage for the longest time. And I was listening to some other podcast where a right-leaning economist um, explained why he doesn't think that we should have a minimum wage at all. And I'd heard sort of the poor are lazy, fuck them arguments for that kind of thing. Uh-huh. But, I had, but I hadn't heard just a considered conservative argument for it. And it was really compelling. It, 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 there, there, there are numerous instances of things where I think I know what I think about it. And it's only because the people who are voicing a contrary policy opinion – again, these are policy decisions. These don't have to be decisions of national identity. The, the government doesn't have to be the sole arbiter of national identity. Huh. That, that's <laughs> going to be a tangent. That's going to be a tangent and it can't be. But Ooh. yeah, uh, that, that, that's what people want. People want the government – on the left too. The left is guilty of this too. They want oh, the government yes. to force it – to force people to all be a certain way, it's it's very it's dangerous and saying yeah. So if you're well, just, I, I, to be fair, I didn't think it was on the left until Bernie came along and unleashed this thing, just like Trump unleashed it on. I on yeah, it's, side. it's so. I mean, I I was while well, you were busy, like you know, being a responsible person. I was doing that thing that they say all the millennials do, where I went to grad school in the arts for like ten years. And let me tell you, the uh, it, it was there. <laughs> like you just you saw it was there. Where there was this idea that the government is supposed to, the government is supposed to marginalize everybody who's not like us. It's 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 really frightening to me that the Trump supporters, 
the fervent Trump supporters because there, there's not just one type of Trump supporter. There's a danger of thinking that and saying that. But the fervent sort of traditional Trump supporters, middle America, yeah, like we don't need to be so fucking politically correct. I like my guns. I like living in the middle of nowhere, but I also want a shopping mall pretty close by. I drive a pickup truck. I don't necessarily use it to haul things. You know, that sort of person does exist in America. They're, they had this fear that they were there was an attempt by some to legislate them out of existence. And unfortunately, I think that fear was kind of grounded. If you're hanging around college campuses, there's basically a sentiment of, oh, yeah, we don't need those people. <laughs> Just fuck them. Like, I can't. Uh, so casually, it was said to me so many times that, well, yeah, all we basically have to do is wait for the boomers to die. Like, are you, like, happy about that? <laughs> you just want a generation of Americans to just be dead now? And they're like, kind of, yeah. <laughs> like, your parents, well, my parents can stay, but everybody else's parents have to die. And then America will be good. Yeah, it's it was it was frightening. There, there did exist that idea, I think. It does exist. Sorry, we went left field there. Ah. I, I've heard the yeah we just need to we just need to wait for people to to die thing, but but before it wasn't it within the context of this well these people are no longer useful to the economy the way that these uh, Trump supporters kind of uh, were many of them the the uh, I'm 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 referring to like the Rust Belt people that. Keep in mind, though, uh, yeah, the, those those states uh, largely voted for Obama twice. So true. Yes. So be careful about making those generalizations. But yeah. Uh, all right. I feel like we wandered a little far afield from uh, the media, but I also feel like these thickets and this wilderness is probably a place to stop since we've been talking for a while. I think we yes. can pick it up with uh, maybe finish off broadcast news quickly next time and move on to a different type of media. Well, let's let, let, let's take like two minutes, finish this up, and then let's go to uh, let's go to print with the next episode. Okay. So, final thoughts. We we've talked about a lot over the past hour and change. Key takeaways for for TV news. What do you think's the future? Where's all this headed? What do we need to? Uh, how, how do we remain uh, vigilant in the Trump era? What is what does TV news need to do? in order for us to kind of do, do we need to just wait for the Trump fervor to subside? Um, do we need to, uh, I mean, I, I could, because I just, I, people are going to realize that uh, he's not going to be able to come through for them at some point. I'm assuming. I don't know if your entire idea of the world is made up and is based on opposition to this other I don't know that people will recognize that he's not coming through for them. I think it's I think it's dangerous to say that people will realize that he's silly. I don't think so. I, I think it's I think the threat of two terms of Trump is very real. I think the threat of him. I think the uh, I think his impeachment <laughs> is also extremely possible. Uh, but but I, I could see neither of those things would surprise me. I could see him getting impeached within two years, and I can see him um, getting reelected. I can see both of those things. I can see pretty much anything happening, actually. But not, not after, I couldn't see his election happening, but now that it that it's here, I'm sort of now that we've elected a reality TV star. Yep. Who who's the only thing that he actually seems to believe is that NATO is useless and pussies are for grabbing. Those are the only two things he seems to believe because he'll say them regardless, unprompted. 
Yes. Uh, anyway, all right. So, what does TV news need to do? Um, well, oh, you said takeaways more generally. Uh, I think it's still important, but nobody sits down and watches it. It's a very, very strange position. Like it's, it's still how many people get their news down, down the line, sort of downstream, edited on comedy shows, uh, in clips referenced by other news sources that fit your ideological bent. So TV news is still extremely important, and a lot of people are very, very aware of it in the background. Yeah, but, but nobody like sits down and actually watches it. I don't know. I don't have a lot of hope for it because the way that they draw, eyeball, draw eyeballs is by doing the shit that you were decrying earlier. They create these cage matches and send them to partisans with no real interest in finding a resolution or even just describing a basic policy idea, <laughs> let alone advocating it, just describing one. Um, they just throw them at each other and tell them tear each other's throats out, and that's it, and then commercial. And that's the only way they really attract anybody. I think they're going to continue to try to uh, attract people by doing all the wrong things. I think we're going to still look to them for news, but there will be less and less of it. Um, people will be dissatisfied with them. Even I, I think everything that happened in this election will continue to happen. Um, I don't really know where the end point is, but that's what I see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one thing we 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 didn't talk about is so we well we we I mentioned offhand the the live cutaways to uh, to Trump and his rallies. How that was essentially just giving him free advertising. The other yep. part of that is <laughs> what what happened is CNN and all the networks were showing it, and then Trump would say something outrageous, and the networks would say. And then they'd have like the analysts break it down saying like, oh, well, I mean, is he serious with this? I mean, this is so outrageous. This is blah, blah, blah. But then all of his supporters would say, yeah, I, I want him to say exactly that. And yep. for some reason, like CNN and the networks just didn't get the memo that no matter what he said, people didn't care that it was politically incorrect or outrageous or oh fa- no, I factually think they did. I think, incorrect or uh, I think I think they actually might have cared a little bit that it was so factually incorrect but I think they liked they voted for him specifically because uh, what he said was outrageous and offensive I think there's I think there are a lot of people especially on the right who feel caged in by the PC culture that they read about even though they don't always interact with it and I think a lot of votes were against that idea against the idea of right uh, um, well well, that's what i'm saying i'm saying like those people didn't care that cnn was was you know covering it and then criticizing i mean they do care they really liked it it. yeah and it was like they, they didn't seem to realize that they were just essentially i mean it was actually really unfair in the context of like the republican primary race in particular how much free advertising they were just giving trump um and and then the other thing is the Clintons did not learn that lesson apparently because they ran all these ads on TV in the last month or two of the election doing essentially the same thing where it was essentially just clips of Trump saying outrageous things that his supporters believed in and yeah. liked yep so it was he would like 
Hillary was essentially uh, what what they thought were negative ads were actually positive ads for Trump. Yeah, no, that, and, that was that was uh, apparent even to me towards the end. I called basically nothing about this uh, race, but right there at the end, I did. I did think oh, I'm not sure this is actually going to hurt him. <laughs> so basically, there there's going to need to be a change in what people think about Trump and that we'll just have to kind of wait and see. That's what about TV news? I don't know. I don't know how they, how, how they are supposed to cover do him. You, how long do you think it lasts? Like, I mean, we're, we're pretty clearly moving to the point where, um, all this content is going to go to a streaming service or package of some kind, like traditional, you turn on the TV and there's just some program in progress that'll essentially stop at some point more or less. Right. Like it's it's all going to be some sort of online delivery system. Yeah, it'll still be CNN, but as a it'll just be like the CNN stream, which they have already. But yeah, I it'll mean, be more it, it integrate that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, just, I, think, I mean, they yeah. already have that. It's already a hybrid. Yeah. So the the weird thing is um, the cable aspect I, I, of it will be phased out. I get that over time. Yeah, but, people. But the, but, the, people, but the actual like sort of fact that there's like this channel stream called cnn i think will still be around yeah this is this is what's interesting to me people seem to care about actually watching it less than ever as i've said repeatedly during this talk yet i don't think it's going to go away like it's this weird thing where we kind of expect to have these 24 7 news channels even though increasingly few of us actually sit down and watch them well i mean like there's still during, enough like vague during, demand well during the election i mean the I mean, one of the reasons why this election goes on, I mean, it went on for like a year and a half. I mean, the networks love it because it's, you know, ratings. And, ratings juice. And yeah, and that's yeah. so. Who wants to talk about the deterioration of Venezuela? Woo. Yeah. Oh, you guys just want to see Trump say some shit? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. That's, a, that's a good place to end it on that uh, unhappy note. <laughs> so. We don't know, except that I think it's going to get worse somehow. It always That's gets worse. It always, <laughs> it's always darkest right before it goes pitch black. All right. Well, uh, we will see you in uh, the next episode when we talk about print media and I guess online journalism and blogging. We'll and have to. That kind of stuff because that's yeah. where it's moved. But spoiler print media is three newspapers. It's it's online now. Yes. And um that'll be a fun episode to do. So I've enjoyed this. Have you enjoyed this? It's been a month yep. since we've uh, recorded our podcast. It's so. it's fun. It's it's always fun. It's always fun to uh to find out what weird ideas were hiding in the back of my brain regarding these topics. Yeah. I I always get on here thinking, eh, I don't know that I have that much to say about this and then, you know, 90 minutes later. So, good time. Yeah, all right. Well, we'll see you in the next episode. Right. Hey, everybody. This is Eric Mack with Liberally Correct. Thanks for listening to this pretty long episode of uh, our show. And uh, we're going to close things out with another song by the band Dawes. Uh, that's D-A-W-E-S. Uh, the name of the album is called We're All Gonna Die. Um nice and cheerful 
But uh, yeah, really good album released uh, in the fall of 2016. And uh, the song's called When the Tequila Runs Out. I was lost inside a painting on a wall A pretty baby with a cigarette Was looking for a place to ash Stumbling toward the voices down the hall They had filler on the stereo Not the album, just the song For two dancers all in white No one really knew There were a lot of leather jackets There was a haircut reading palms There was a line outside the bathroom That didn't really move Forgot the bathing suits But felt like jumping in the pool Right after making sure The underwater lights were on I was staring at a silhouette I was blushing like a fool Letting everyone pretend They hadn't planned it all along Then our host bust out of his bedroom With his glasses slightly bent on the diving board to tell us how he feels Ladies and gentlemen We've begun the initial descent And now it's time to pull up on the wheel Say, I think this party's done. 
She asked if I could drive her home And then she added, please You can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.